0: bullshit American CBS network a new batch of American troops is preparing to head to both Iraq and Syria under the pretext of fighting ISIS both Syria and Iraq officially call these bases illegal hence the U.S. occupation of these countries the U.S. illegally extracts tons of oil from Syria every year illegally so now let me just say this About two weeks ago, there was an attack in Iran that killed uh, over 100 civilians, and they blamed it on ISIS. ISIS took responsibility for it. America said it wasn't us. The Zionist entity in the Middle East said it wasn't us. And ISIS is like, hey, it was us. You know, they'd rather attack Iran than go after their sworn enemy known as Israel. Does it make sense? Make it make sense? I don't know. So, with that being said, so the enemy of your enemy is your friend, I thought, right? So, if ISIS is attacking Iran, why are you mobilizing American troops to go fight ISIS in the Middle East? I mean, just think about it. Like, literally, just think about it. You guys have been crying fake news for the entire Trump presidency. And now you want to believe everything that is told to you? Come on. They are over there to train them. They are over there to support ISIS. They are over there to train them. They are over there to make sure ISIS does its job. And as a matter of fact, Iran said right after ISIS claimed the attack that killed civilians in Iran two weeks ago, Iran came out and said, hey, america and israel your dog bit me and we will respond at a time and place of our choosing just leave the middle east alone honestly look i'm palestinian i put up a, up a video that went viral about the protest the largest protest in american history let it be known we made that history it's there right A lot of you guys are under the impression that we're illegal immigrants or this and that. No. The majority of us are living here in diaspora. And the majority of other people that were there literally just support us. We're 100% Americans. And I would argue more American than you. So. All of us would gladly like to go to the Middle East. We don't want to live in your shitty ass country. I like Americans. Don't get me wrong. I don't like the way your politicians are running america i have no problem with americans we want to go back home we don't want to live here get out of our country we don't want to do business with you guys we don't want to do business with europe we don't want to do business with australia we don't want to do business with canada we want to do business with ourselves and everybody that surrounds us russia china uh algeria uh the global south and africa north korea we don't want anything anything to do with you guys america canada europe y'all can go play with each uh, yourselves and each other we don't we don't want anything to do with you guys get the hell out of the middle east you guys have brought nothing but death and destruction and if you want to say that we're uncivilized or this or that yada 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 okay 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 we are let us be that by ourselves get the hell out of the middle east and I
1: appreciate the World Economic
2: Forum providing me the opportunity to be on this stage and say, fuck you Klaus Schwab and fuck you New world order. We the people were born free, we will stay free and you and all of your globalist friends including everyone in this room can go fuck yourself.
3: And so yesterday I stood on this stage and said some things that I should not have said. But we all deserve a second chance.
2: So I would like to apologize to absolutely no one. None of you were elected to show us how we should live our lives. All of you motherfuckers took your private jets to show up to this meeting, so don't lecture us about the environment. I ain't eating bugs, you can eat these nuts, and once again, you and your fake climate agenda can go fuck
4: I would like to leave a message for all business people here, and for those who are not here, in person but are following from around the world do not be intimidated intimidated either by the political class or by parasites who live off the state do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges you are social benefactors you're heroes you're the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral if you make money it's because you offer a better product at a better price thereby contributing to general well-being do not surrender to the advance of the state the state is not the solution the state is the problem itself you are the true protagonists of this story and rest assured that as from today argentina is your staunch Unconditional Lale. Thank you very much and long live freedom. Damn it. Good afternoon. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger, and it is in because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inextricably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others, and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world rather they are the root cause do believe me no one
3: better place than us argentines to testify to these two points good morning my name is matt Lomayer, and i'm an air force academy graduate former f-15c fighter pilot and was a lieutenant colonel and commander in the space force in 2021 i was fired from my command for writing a book trying to reverse the trend of the overt politicization of the uniformed services. Specifically, I criticized the military's diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings, which, at my own base, were illegally occurring despite an executive order from the commander-in-chief. The diversity, equity, and inclusion industry is steeped in critical race theory and is rooted in anti-American Marxist ideology. I watched DEI trainings divide our troops ideologically and, in some cases, sow the seeds of animosity toward the very country they had sworn an oath to defend. Before writing that book, I submitted a formal written complaint to the Space Force Inspector General's Office detailing that such violations were occurring, including illegal race-based discrimination, but my complaint was never investigated and was later dismissed by then Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, whom the Senate just confirmed for his fourth star. After two months, I received a written dismissal of my complaint from General Whiting. Personally, I have always advocated for a non-political military work environment. Today I'm here to testify about the ongoing Marxist-inspired efforts to subvert and weaken our military and broader American society. We often refer to these efforts as wokeism, but it is also a culture war. Yet even in this committee, there are differing views about whether there is such a thing as a culture war underway. Some members of this committee have been outspoken critics of DEI initiatives to include CRT, drag shows on military bases, trans activism, LGBTQ pride celebrations, and woke military recruiting videos, all things that are visible components of an ongoing culture war. Ranking member Garcia, as he just mentioned, on the other hand, and asserted as recently as two weeks ago says that the culture wars are quote-unquote phony and are merely a political talking point of Republicans. It's nothing, if not incredible, for a member of this subcommittee to assert that culture wars are phony, while another member, who's not present at the moment, of this committee is a member of the so-called progressive squad, was herself a Black Lives Matter organizer and activist, an organization whose publicly-avowed ideology is Marxism, and whose activist ambition is social and cultural revolution. Service members who wear the uniform of their country do not want to see these things in the military workplace. They don't want to see them at their bases. In most cases, this is true regardless of their race or their political worldview. Despite that reality, Pentagon officials requested $140 million to expand Woke Diversity initiatives in fiscal year 2024, double what it's been the previous two years. There are few things taxpayers, such as myself, feel less essential to the mission of the United States military than expanding diversity mandates and indoctrination. And now an important point. Such aggressively opposed, ideological worldviews, competing for institutionalization through policy, epitomizes and formalizes what is properly termed a culture war. The fact that these debates now infect the US military workplace is an offense to people like me, who love their country and all people, regardless of their race, gender, sexual preference or background.
5: For the global business community, the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation, followed closely by polarization within our societies. These risks are serious because they limit our ability to tackle the big global challenges we are facing. Changes in our climate and our geopolitical climate, shifts in our demography and in our technology, spiraling regional conflicts and intensified geopolitical competition and their supply chains. The sobering reality is that we are once again competing more intensely across countries than we have in several decades. And this makes the scene of this year's Davos meeting even more relevant. Rebuilding trust. This is not a time for conflicts or polarization this is a time to build trust this is a time to drive global collaboration more than ever before this requires immediate and structural responses to match the size of the global challenges
6: see fam. she want to talk about global trust and all this when it, whenever, trust birth out of America. How huh? See, those are the crafty counsel that the Caucasian woman be speaking as well, or the non-pigmentation woman, or the non-melanated woman. These are the councils that they be te- saying and all this to try to brainwash us and act like we don't know no better.
7: The only strategy that they can possibly pursue uh, in order to uh, be able to stifle Muslims in the West, persecute them, uh, discriminate against them, coerce them, intimidate them, browbeat them, uh, and bully them. The only way that they can do all of that Uh, ...is by separating them from the global ummah. That's their only chance. They need to make uh, Muslims in America, Muslims in the UK, in Europe and so on... ...believe that they are minorities, that they're essentially surrounded. They need them to forget, uh, or to not notice... ...that they're actually living in a very tiny, sectioned off piece of territory... ...that is itself dwarfed by the Muslim world. They need them to forget that the majority in their countries are a global minority. It's a bit like Singapore. Singapore is a good and very uh, obvious example of what I'm talking about. You know, some people uh, might not know that Singapore used to be just a district in a state of Malaysia. It's a country now, but it used to just be a neighborhood. And as a district, it was uh, predominantly Chinese. As a district of Malaysia though, that was a minority community in a predominantly Malay Muslim country, in a a predominantly Muslim region. But when you wall that off and turn it into a country... Well, then the Malays and the Muslims suddenly become a minority in that country. So they went from being a majority to a minority... ...just on the basis of where the lines were drawn. Never mind the fact uh, that they're the same religion and the same ethnicity... ...as the majority of people in the region. Somehow, they came to think of themselves and to be treated as... ...and to behave as though they are a minority. It's like if you put a box on the beach... Uh, and fill it with shells, but then sprinkle a handful of sand between the shells. The sand is the minority in the box, even though the box is sitting on a vast amount of sand. The only way to not see that the shells are the real minority is if you are inside the box and can't see that it's sitting on a sandy beach. So you have to separate a part of the larger population and surround them with the smaller population to make them not see that there's more of them than there are of the people who are surrounding them. So they have to be separated from the Muslims in the West. They have to separate the Muslims in the West from the global Ummah. They have to separate them from the larger Muslim world. And this affiliation and this connection uh, needs to be strengthened. Because you have to know that you're not alone over there. You have to know that you're not a minority. You're part of a sprawling global family. It cannot be uh, underestimated or ignored. A global family that's going to be leading the world in the 21st century. I said, they're gonna be leading the world in the 21st century. Don't-
6: this right here is Iran president, right? And um, there's some Jewish people over there, Jewish rabbis or some, and they talking to the Iran president, okay? So, I want y'all to really pay attention to what they're saying because they're really saying it kind of like you got to use your squeeze your ears. So, let's analyze. coming from the
0: community, is a very large Jewish community
7: i have
4: heard that there are anti-zionist jews yeah. here and this is a great thing and this morning's gathering Representatives. <laughs> in <an interface laughs> off, we always reiterate the fact <laughs> that we <have laughs> <an> issue whatsoever. <laughs> with the Jewish faith with the Torah <laughs> and
7: in Iran the <laughs> <she's laughs> <of freedom packing laughs>
4: religion our only issue we is with we,
7: we do believe that anyone who enters the arena under the auspices of Zionism intends
4: to conduct and bring about oppression for the subject.
8: And if
4: anyone does that under the auspices of cover of Christianity, it has the same type
7: of issue for us, and if someone does
9: that in Muslim,
7: that's why we never... CJ. Israel had the audacity to try to defend themselves against the charge of genocide by spewing the same debunked hollow talking points that they always do. Because they've never had to actually defend themselves. And even now, their real defense is being carried out by the uh, US and UK airstrikes in Yemen. They're insulting the intelligence of the court. They're insulting the intelligence of the whole planet. But again, that's because the power of the United States used to be able to force the whole planet to play dumb. You know, Israel was like that uh, horrible, untalented sidekick of the neighborhood mafioso who everyone had to pretend was charming and brilliant. But again, those days are over. And those days being over is explicitly clear, both by the fact that the uh, the ICJ hearings are taking place and by the fact that the US and the UK are attacking Yemen to try to change the narrative and try to distract from having the genocide in Gaza uh, indicted. Because, like I've said before, the genocide in Gaza is nothing but an American genocide. Israel is nothing but a Western colonialist project, a violent American intrusion into the region. Zionism is just a rebranding of Western imperialism, and that's why it's being enforced and defended by attacking Yemen, because it's all about domination and control of the whole region. The Zionists are just a Jewish regiment of the imperialist army, nothing more. But everybody knows that this isn't gonna work in the 21st century. Everybody knows, except for the neocons in Washington and the delusional fanatics in Tel Aviv. Everyone knows that this is not what the future looks like. Global business knows that this is not what the future looks like. And I don't think that they're gonna let the United States keep uh, splattering their violent stupidity across the region. No, the center of gravity is moving from the west to the Global South, and it's moving from the uncivilized world to the civilized world. And there's a lot more money to be made by harmonious, cooperative, integrated global relations than by the old model of domination and subjugation and bloodshed. You see, the the war economy of the United States, the uh, so-called military-industrial complex, as the main uh, management strategy and the driver of the domestic economy, that being allowed was dependent on the fact that the domestic economy of the United States, domestic prosperity in the United States, was important. But meanwhile, the rest of the planet is already moving at pace down a highway that nobody in Washington ever even realized had been built. Oh yes, this is a victory. And Muslims need to make tasbih, they need to make Toba, they need to make istighfar like never before, because we are witnessing, we are living through The liberation of our lands, the liberation of our people, and we need to be glad and we need to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By attacking Yemen, they're just showing the world and showing the world court that yes, it is genocide in Gaza and it is genocide in Gaza because uh, we think our capacity for violence makes us superior, makes us supreme, and our capacity for violence entitles us to be violent. And so what? What are you going to do about it, world? Because what were the Houthis doing except trying to stop the genocide? They weren't doing anything but uh, enforce a blockade against a criminal regime, a terrorist regime, a genocidal regime. So how are you going to punish them for that? Except that you are criminal and terrorist and genocidal yourself. Well, look, nobody is with them. I mean, their coalition against Yemen fell apart weeks ago. And no one joined them in their airstrikes except the U.K., the whole world has left them. Even Western countries don't want any part of this. They're just making it worse on themselves. We are literally witnessing an American meltdown. And I believe, very importantly, that this is also because the owners and controllers of global financialized capital are abandoning them. You know, America hollowed itself out for decades. They transferred power uh, and authority to the private sector. And now they're being left empty. And there's nothing left but those barbaric instincts and violent tendencies And they're being isolated. And their own uh, instincts, their own tendencies, are just uh, isolating them further. Well, you didn't have to wait for very long uh, to see which way the court was likely to go. First of all, the evidence that's being presented by South Africa is absolutely irrefutable and damning. Their case is supremely well-evidenced and meticulously detailed, and literally cites the genocidal words of Israeli officials themselves, including Netanyahu himself, and directly connects those words with the actions of the Israeli military in Gaza. So it's absolutely a devastating case, and it's impossible, frankly, to argue against it. Certainly, it's impossible to argue against it with any degree of seriousness or with any ...comparable standard of evidence and reason... ...as is being presented by the prosecution... ...just from the first day of testimony... uh, ...Israel and the United States... ...were completely and immaculately defeated... ...and if you had any doubt... ...that they realized this... ...that Israel and the United States realized this... uh, ...then there's nothing that could have proved it more... ...than what the U.S. did later that day... ...that evening in fact... ...that same evening... ...they attacked Yemen... ...they attacked Yemen... ...because they knew that they're going to lose in the International Court of Justice. This is a very desperate, uh, very pathetic form of doubling down. Imagine, their response uh, to the irrefutable proof of genocide in Gaza is to escalate and to expand the violence to defend the genocide. They cannot uh, defend the genocide in court, so they decided to uh, compound the brutality by spreading it. They uh, defend carnage by means of carnage. That's the American way. They've lost the support of the world because they lost the awe of the world. They lost the respect of the world and they lost the fear of the world. They're backed into a corner in the world court and they're being exposed and they're being uh, ensnared by the very system that they created. The system that they created to protect their impunity and to prosecute their opponents. The mechanisms of law that they constructed to oppress and to persecute and to immunize themselves is now being turned against them. So they resort to what they always resorted to. They resort to what they created that whole system to enable them to do, which is savage, primitive, brute force and violence. The layers are being uh, peeled away. The veneer is being stripped off. You know, America has been uh, king of the hill for all these years. And they're being pulled down that hill and not only that, the hill itself is pulling them down. And all they can do is lash out. I'm telling you, what we're seeing right now is a victory. Their vicious, barbaric instincts uh, are only accelerating their downfall. By attacking Yemen, they're just showing the world. And showing the world core. That yes, it is genocide in Gaza, where you see Jay, Israel had the audacity to try to defend themselves against the charge of genocide by spewing the same... Debunked hollow talking points that they always do. Because they've never had to actually defend themselves. And even now, their real defense is being carried out by the uh, U.S. and U.K. airstrikes in Yemen. They're insulting the intelligence of the court. They're insulting the intelligence of the whole planet. But again, that's because the power of the United States used to be able to force the whole planet to play dumb. You know, Israel was like that uh, horrible untalented sidekick of the neighborhood mafioso who everyone had to pretend was charming and brilliant but again those days are over and those days being over is explicitly clear both by the fact that the the ICJ hearings are taking place and by the fact that the US and the UK are attacking Yemen to try to change the narrative and try to distract from having the genocide in Gaza uh, indicted because like I've said before the genocide in Gaza is nothing but an American genocide Israel is nothing but a western colonialist project A violent American intrusion into the region Zionism is just a rebranding of western imperialism And that's why it's being enforced and defended By attacking Yemen Now if the Houthis hit American or British vessels uh, Well they think, the Americans think That that will give them an opportunity to escalate the conflict To where they can shift the focus of their violence against Iran Because you know all they ever do Uh, ...is look for ways to escalate and expand war and bloodshed. That's their barbaric instinct. But turning the Red Sea into an open conflict zone... ...turning it into a war zone... ...will completely end Western commercial presence in the Red Sea. Their own actions are driving them out of the region. And as I've said before... ...no one who matters wants a war with Iran. No one wants the Middle East to be set on fire... And no one who matters is going to go along with this. America is doing nothing now but reminisce. Attacking Yemen is a kind of a fit of nostalgia for the old days when this kind of flex would impress anyone. But now it's just going to emphasize to the whole world uh, that America is a dangerous liability. And there's no benefit in trying to appease or placate them. They're taking one wrong action after another. It's like watching Joe Biden try to go up a flight of stairs or ride a bicycle. They can't do anything right, and they can't read the room. The Middle East, the region, and in fact, international relations generally, uh, by, by and large, because of BRICS, is returning to being an organized, cordial, intelligent conversation between nations. And then America comes barging in, belching, and shouting obscenities. The world's done with that. Nobody's impressed. Our borders will extend from Lebanon, the Great Desert, which is Saudi Arabia, and then from the Mediterranean to the Euphrates. And then we're gonna take uh, Mecca, Medina, and Mount Sinai and well, pur- purify those places. We'll
1: purify those places.
7: Our borders will extend from Lebanon, the Great Desert, which is Saudi Arabia, and then from the Mediterranean to the Euphrates. And then we're gonna take uh, Mecca, Medina, and Mount Sinai and well,
1: pur- purify those places. We'll purify those places. The United States stands completely isolated globally for supporting Israel in this massacre. And the consequences of that are being felt all over the world in shifting alliances, in economic patterns, uh, in changing geopolitical structures. uh, Even in uh, the use of the dollar as currency and many other things, Uh, there is a massive a seismic change of geopolitics underway in which the U.S. has chosen nearly total isolation in the world. So contrary to being what uh, Biden in in his fantasy thinks that the world looks to the U.S. for leadership, the world looks at the U.S. aghast. The U.S. stands alone with Israel. Of course, uh, the world's even
6: See, y'all, when I first started my podcast, I said, most high I said, we got next. And I told y'all, America is going to fall. Now, I said that when I first started my podcast. Then the second year, I said, the legs are cut off. Everything cut off. Now, now. The people that used to bag them up or, or used to be afraid of them is no longer. So you see how slowly America is falling now because now I'm looking at this like a movie. Like I'm telling y'all, if the Bible says that we got nets, right? In order for us to get next, America got to fall. And y'all see how slowly that the Most High is unraveling this mess. Some of y'all want to link on. Some of y'all so scared y'all don't know what to do. But the righteous is continue praying for the Most High to come. Because we got next. Now, when America fall, you already know she going to start doing crazy stuff, doing stuff to blow. Well, if I ain't going to get it, nobody going to get it. That's the mentality and attitude that they have. Why? Genesis 27 and 38. And Esau said to his father, Hast thou be one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also of my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac, his father, answered and said unto him, "Behold, thou dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth." You see how the um, um, the Caucasian man and the non and the Caucasian woman and the non-melanated man and the non-melanated woman, um, they, they living with the fatness of this earth right now. That was that's one of Esau's blessings, right? He said, he said, and Isaac the father answered and said unto him, Behold, the dwelling should be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of heaven from above. And by the sword shall thou live. So that's one of Esau's blessing. By the sword that that, that they will live by. They will live by the sword. So now When you look at this right now and you think that America is going down without no fight, this is all they know. This is all the the non-pigmentation man, the non-pigmentation woman, the non-melanated man, the non-melanated woman do. This is their blessing. Now, when you go back into my old podcast and listen to a couple of guys talking, right, and my man said, "Ask these two white guys, who you think, uh, what what nation, what nation of people have the highest killing killing slate, right?" And then one of the guys got guy it right. Said the white guy, right, white people, non-pigmentation man. Non pigmentation woman, non melanated man, non melanated woman. That's what he said, right? And my man asked him, what percentage did they have? One of the white guys said 51. The other white guy said 45. But the answer is 82%. So, By the sword, they will kill. That's their nature. That's the blessing of their forefathers. That's the blessing that their forefathers got. Now you look at America today. Where you think that America sat down and did something righteous? Anything they wanted to do, they're going to do wickedness. By the sword, Thou shalt live. Hey, what's up, this phase? Just trying to holler at y'all see what's going on. Had a lot on my mind reminiscing, trying to figure out these things that are going on my mind. Trying to figure out some puzzles. I'm not here to start nothing. I ain't trying to start nothing. Just got some things that I want to get done, some things that I want to get solved, some things I want to enlighten myself with. So maybe y'all take a time and to get the opportunity to stop by and listen to my thoughts. Hope so, very intellectual. So if you get time, just holler at me. I'm reminiscing, all in my room, just trying to figure out a whole lot of things. Until then, yeah, have a great day and thank you for coming in and listening to me. Thanks. Bullets fly, another go. All the wind and worth that lost. We've been down for way too long, getting tired of holding on. I remember nights that I was lonely, sorry for being holy had to keep it on me, shot it, bro, had to keep my guard Hold up some liquor for, for the ones we lost And I'm so grateful for, oh, that's all we got Some of my niggas never really got that shot I won't let them down, i make them proud the way I move You know how I present everything I do Down it out, falling in
10: Breaking tonight, a federal appeals court has temporarily blocked the Biden administration from removing razor wire barriers placed along the Mexican border just by Texas. Also tonight, we're learning the U.S. southern border saw a record number of migrant encounters in a single day earlier this week. Correspondent Bill Malusian is in Lukeville, Arizona again tonight with the latest. Good evening,
2: Bill. Brett, good evening to you. CBP sources tell Fox News that more than 12,600 migrants were encountered here at our southern border yesterday alone. That is the highest single day total ever recorded in US history. And take a look at the scene in Eagle Pass last night, remarkable footage captured by one of our sources on the ground there showing masses of thousands of migrants waiting for Border Patrol to take custody of them after they had crossed over illegally, primarily Venezuelans. Brett, we have not seen scenes like this since more than two years ago in Del Rio when that mass of Haitians showed up under the International Bridge and this continued all day today. Take a look at this video, our drone team shot in Eagle Pass earlier today as well after the sun came up you got an even better look of those masses of migrants still waiting for border patrol to pick them up. CBP sources telling Fox earlier today they had over 5,000 migrants in custody in that sector and we're trying to uh, pick up and transport another 4,500. So you're talking upwards of 10,000 migrants being dealt with in Eagle Pass, a city that has a population of 30,000 people. Uh, more the same here in Lukeville, Arizona, where we are. Take a look at this footage we shot right here in Lukeville earlier this morning. Another one breach another mass illegal crossing hundreds of single adults coming in from all over the world we talked to some of them they were from Liberia from Guinea from Senegal from Togo there were very few if any Border Patrol agents around most of them stuck processing and the situation has gotten so bad down here that multiple sources tell Fox News that the Federal Bureau of Prisons is now sending personnel down here to the border to help Border Patrol with transportation of migrants the Bureau of Prisons confirming that to Fox News in a brief statement, which says in part, quote, the Federal Bureau of Prisons is providing limited transportation resources to assist Border Patrol on the Southwest border. Beyond this, we have no additional information to provide. And Brett, back out here live, you mentioned it off the top. We learned late this afternoon that a federal appeals court blocked the Biden administration from removing that razor wire that Texas has deployed at the edge of the Rio Grande. The uh, Biden administration had previously sued Texas over that. And a federal judge previously ordered that that razor wire be removed. Uh, The state of Texas then appealed that decision. And what has happened now is a federal appeals court has ruled uh, you can't take any of it down. It's paused. That previous order is paused while both sides litigate this in court. We'll send it back to you.
10: Good job. Uh, there on the border, Bill Thank you. Civil rights organizations have filed a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of that new Texas law allowing police to arrest migrants who cross the border illegally. Local judges would be permitted to order them to leave the country. The lawsuit argues the measure is unconstitutional because the federal government has sole
11: authority these are white Christians, that this is a state that is overrepresented, overrepresented by white Christians. What do they get out of supporting Donald Trump? Because he keeps losing. They see themselves as the rightful inheritors of this country. And Trump has promised to give it back to them all the things
5: that
9: we think about about electability about you know what are people gaming out or Mm -hmm. none of that matters when you believe that god has given you this country that it
5: is
11: yours and that everyone who is not a white conservative christian is a is a fraudulent american
12: iowa feeds joy reed three square meals a day and she called them racist white christians joy should read history iowa was admitted to the union as a free state and was the first state in the union to desegregate their schools they're christian in iowa just like you are joy
9: he voted for a guy who said come risk your lives for the grand wizard come in the snow and the sleet because i am more important than your life
12: iowa hit a nerve with the press because this morning they woke up knowing biden's not capable of debating trump And the media is calling him the grand wizard attacking you and moving the goalposts. Mass censorships next. Last night, CNN dumped out of Trump's victory speech when he mentioned the border. Watch. Donald Trump declaring victory with a historically strong showing in the Iowa caucuses if these numbers hold. The biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest, a relatively subdued speech as these things go so far, although here he is right now under under my voice. You hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. Immigration was the top issue in Iowa, but CNN doesn't think you should hear from the man who won campaigning on the top issue. If Trump's language is so offensive, air it, and it'll turn voters off. That's what CNN wants, right? Now, the real reason CNN censoring Trump is because they know he'll win votes campaigning against illegal immigration. MSNBC didn't even take the speech at all. They preemptively censored. There is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. but. There is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. And the censorship campaign's only one leg of the stool. The deep state disinformation campaign's begun. British intelligence says Trump's a national security threat. But I
4: think it's important, but I'm not a politician. You have to add a political threat, which I'm worried about, which is uh, Trump's... I thought that... Re-election. Which I think for the UK's national security is problematic.
12: MI6, the same crew who Crooked paid to launch the collusion lie is interfering with another election. See, the Democrats like when British intel interferes in our elections, just not Russian intel. Third leg of the stool, Obama's going to make it rain.
8: We need your help to ensure Joe's leadership continues to guide us forward. We know the other side won't rest so we can't either. Your donation will help give Joe and Kamala's campaign the resources it needs.
1: Let's make
12: history again.
1: Chip in now. Let's secure a brighter future together.
12: Biden doesn't even remember making that video, but it doesn't matter. They just need to drag him across the finish line so he can hand Kamala the keys to the White House next year. And the only one who can stop them is you. Major outlets like MSNBC and CNN flat out refusing to air the former president's victory speech after his historic win.
6: I
10: can't imagine why they think that's a good thing.
12: Donald Trump declaring victory with a historically strong showing in the Iowa caucuses. The projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. And when they were not censoring him, pundits had some very strong words for the voters who supported him. These are white
11: Christians. That this is a state that is over-represented, overrepresented by white Christians.
6: You see how they play in this mind? This is why I want y'all to hear this, fam. This is how these, these Democrats and Republicans playing tennis with our head they blaming this and you blaming that and you hearing obama I mean obama still talking about obama still talking about oh you know vote for joe and you know joe ain't right and obama looking old as hell y'all i'm like dang, i thought oh well the most I dealing with him so you don't let them try to play your mind thing and that mind scan going back and forth and going back and this and that and that keeping y'all in a delusional state, not showing y'all what's really going on in this world. This war. We talking about this war of Putin and all this and all and America is about to be, America gonna get um, um charged with genocide with Israel by Africa and the world court. Why is that not on the news? Why is that not talked about? See?
5: That the southern border has turned into a turf war between Texas and the White House. The Biden administration says three migrants drowned after Texas National Guard members physically blocked federal border agents from attempting to rescue them. CBS's Weijia Jiang reports this latest incident is adding more fuel to the fire in this tense border standoff.
9: The Texas National Guard abruptly seized control of a two and a half mile stretch of the southern border last week. DHS says on Friday, federal border protection agents requested access to the area where a group of migrants was attempting to cross the Rio Grande. But Texas officials refused. A woman and her two children drowned. In a cease and desist letter to the Texas Attorney General, the top lawyer for DHS said, Texas's failure to provide access to the border persists even in instances of imminent danger to life and safety, calling the state's actions clearly unconstitutional. It's all politics visual politics texas congressman henry cuellar says the state prevented federal agents from using specialized equipment to save the migrants who died a scope truck is a truck that has this camera that can see what's happening in the river that could
4: have had an impact of what happened here
9: what is your message to governor abbott
4: you cannot do this this type of standoff it's not helpful.
9: The Texas Military Department says two of the migrants had already drowned by the time Border Patrol asked to enter the area. Governor Greg Abbott says he has the legal authority to control areas of the southern border within state boundaries.
1: That authority is being asserted uh, with regard to that park in Eagle Pass, Texas, uh, to maintain operational control of it.
9: Texas blames the Biden administration for not doing enough. It has also installed controversial razors. and change the law to allow state police officers to apprehend migrants. Texas has until Wednesday to comply with the cease and desist letter to stop blocking access to the border. If it fails, DHS says it will refer the matter to the Department of Justice to take appropriate action. Out of a major shakeup
5: at one of the nation's most powerful lobbying groups, the NRA. longtime leader Wayne LaPierre is stepping down from the gun rights organization after a decades-long run. CBS's Jeff Pegues reports the surprising resignation comes just days before his civil corruption trial is set to begin.
10: Wayne LaPierre resigned after 30 years as the head of the NRA, where he has been a fierce critic of those who would restrict access to guns.
1: The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun."
10: The organization cited health reasons, but in a statement today, LaPierre was as defiant as ever, saying that he's been a card-carrying member of the NRA most of my adult life, adding that his passion for our cause burns as deeply as ever. His resignation comes just days before the start of a civil trial in New York in which State Attorney General Letitia James is accusing LaPierre and other officials of using one of the most powerful organizations in America as a personal piggy bank to fund luxury personal trips. $500,000 on eight trips to the Bahamas, more NRA money going to safaris, luxury car services, and private jets also authorizing a $17 million payment to LaPierre upon his departure from the NRA.
12: LaPierre and the NRA have denied the allegations.
10: He never wavered in his fierce support for the right to bear arms, even as the number of mass shootings rose across the country.
7: His legacy will be one of corruption, one of self-dealing, one of mismanagement. But the real legacy in the end will be that the NRA opposed all gun safety laws uh,
9: at every turn.
10: Late today, New York Attorney General Letitia James called the Pierre's resignation a victory, but Nora, she also pledged to hold him accountable in a court of law.
8: And Ivan, you're on scene with the Brevard County Sheriff's Office. Like each of you, I am sickened and deeply concerned about the cowardly attacks that are taking place around the world. Attacks where defenseless citizens are being murdered and critically injured. Terrorists and active shooters are using every weapon available to target citizens. Guns, knives, trucks, hammers, and even explosives have all become the weapon of choice for murderers who only have one goal, killing innocent and law-abiding citizens. It seems that almost every day we hear of another attack taking place at a concert, tourist destination, church, business, or anywhere else in the world where they can strike fear in the hearts of citizens. Folks, now more than ever, is the time for our citizens to be prepared to serve as the first line of defense, not only for them, but for their families when the attack happens. And let me be perfectly clear, doing nothing or just hoping it won't happen to you is not going to save your life. For those who think that it can't or won't happen here, trust me when I tell you that it's already happening all around us, and the only thing left to question is when and where it will happen again, and how many more innocent lives will be lost. As everyone knows, I am probably one of the most politically incorrect sheriffs in the country. And to be honest, I'm good with that. What I'm not good with is sitting back, waiting on the emergency to happen, or even worse, sitting back and saying, it won't happen here, or it won't happen to me. Preparing Americans to protect themselves is a conversation we need to have right now. And giving our citizens the ability to survive a violent attack is not only politically correct, it's the absolute best way we can help protect those we took an oath to protect. Yesterday I saw a news story where in other parts of the world they are telling citizens that they are attacked to run, hide, and tell. Really? Coaching citizens that the best way to save their life and the life of a family member, coworker, or a friend is to run, hide, and tell? What's next? Ask you to run, hide, and then draw a line in the sand while daring the cold-blooded murderer to cross it? Not here. In my book, what's next is to fully understand that this is war and you better be prepared to wage war to protect you, your family, and those around you if attacked. I am firmly convinced that as Americans we can no longer sit back and pray the fight isn't brought to us. Instead, we have to stand together, shoulder to shoulder, prepared and ready to issue an immediate and directed response when the attack happens. Terrorists and active shooters know that our citizens have been coached to run and hide and then patiently await help. In fact, they count on it so they can strategically target as many citizens as possible. What they don't count on is being attacked themselves, having to become defensive to save their own lives. No matter who you are or what your position is on guns, there is no denying the fact that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun or a knife is an armed and well-prepared citizen or law enforcement officer. There is no doubt that as soon as 911 is called, law enforcement is on the way. However, until they arrive, it's up to you and those with you to neutralize or eliminate the threat. You have to make a decision right now, right this moment, to be prepared to save your life and those you love when the attack happens. Sun Tzu says in The Art of War that every battle is won or lost before it's ever fought. As a society and a community, we can no longer afford to wait for the attack to happen and then develop our survival strategy. We have to fight this battle on the front end by preparing ourselves to fully respond against the attackers when the time comes. As sheriff, I encourage you to be prepared to protect yourself and develop your survival strategy right now. If you have a concealed carry permit, and carry your gun with you at all times possible. It's not doing you any good at the house or in the car when the attack happens. Remember, if you have chosen a gun to protect yourself in the event of a violent attack, then you need to practice on a regular basis. I invite you to take our class, Self-Defense Through Tactical Shooting and Decision Making, where you will receive expert training from our Brevard County Sheriff's Office firearms instructors who teach our deputies how to be tactically prepared for any type of attack. If you don't have a concealed carry permit or not someone who is comfortable using a firearm to protect yourself, then please consider some type of intermediate weapon, such as a taser, or what we now call environmental army, using items in your immediate surrounding area as weapons. Items such as a knife, chair, or a fire extinguisher. I would also encourage you to visit our website and watch the four A's of survival. This seven minute video discusses the importance of awareness, essentially knowing your surroundings and having a strategy for survival. Arming yourself with anything you can use to protect yourself. Avoidance, running to escape the danger, and attacking the perpetrator to neutralize or eliminate the threat. It's very important to remember that while the terrorist or violent attacker may have a weapon or even the element of surprise, a team of citizens working together to attack the suspect has a much greater chance of survival than allowing the suspect to operate unimpeded. There is no doubt that it takes great courage to attack someone who is trying to kill you or your family. But unfortunately, it may be the only thing that saves your life and the life of those you dearly love. I ask you to remember this if you ever find yourself in the middle of a violent attack. Since the terrorist attacks that occurred on 9-11, we all remember the videos of the Twin Towers and Pentagon where thousands were killed. Out of all the attacks that day, only one failed. The plane that was hijacked by terrorists and then was taken back by brave Americans who worked together as a team to keep the terrorists from reaching their targeted destination. While we will never know how many lives they saved that day, one thing is perfectly clear. Their heroic actions saved countless lives and showed terrorists what happens when Americans fight back. Remember, it takes community to protect community, and right now is the time to prepare for the emergency so we can do everything possible to protect ourselves and those around us should that time ever come. Best case scenario, you are mentally and physically prepared, and that day never happens. For more information on our self-defense through tactical shooting class and to watch the four years of survival, please visit our website at brevardsheriff.com.
11: The Israel-Hamas war not coming to an end, This is the question everyone is trying to find the answer to. China answered it simply by highlighting the ICC's actions. All of a sudden, everything is so clear. The ICC has been very biased and all the actions it is taking are against China and Russia and in favor of the West. According to experts, this bias is destroying the world's peace. So will a solution to the Israel-Hamas war be possible if this continues? Let's find out. Welcome back to another exciting episode of our channel. Innovation Diary brings you China's innovation stories, projects, and growing influence in different parts of the world. If you are new to the channel and enjoy learning about ICC is biased, we will also talk about the ICC's actions that prove its bias. Watch the video until the end to know if the ICC is just a Western puppet. Let's get started. We all know that the International Criminal Court ICC is an essential institution responsible for ensuring accountability in cases of war crimes, genocide, and crimes against humanity. While the ICC's mission is crucial, recent events have raised questions about its consistency in addressing conflicts. Notably, the handling of the Israel-Palestine and Russia-Ukraine situations has raised concerns and triggered discussions about the organization's approach. Experts have noted an inconsistent approach by the ICC in addressing conflicts. The situations in Israel-Palestine and Russia-Ukraine have become focal points of criticism, with some arguing that the court has not applied the same standards in both cases. This has sparked debates about whether the ICC maintains a fair and impartial stance in pursuing justice. China has expressed concerns about double standards within international organizations, including the ICC. While these concerns were initially met with skepticism, recent developments have brought the issue to light. China's criticism has resonated with those who question the fairness of global institutions and their ability to uphold justice consistently. The recent revelations regarding the ICC's handling of conflicts have fueled skepticism and trust issues among nations. The perception that international organizations may not be as impartial as they claim raises challenges for fostering trust and cooperation on a global scale. As nations question the consistency of these forums, It becomes increasingly difficult for them to rely on international bodies for conflict resolution the lack of consistency in the icc's approach to different conflicts can have a lasting impact on the global community's trust in international institutions trust is a fundamental component of effective international cooperation and doubts about the fairness of these organizations may hinder their ability to fulfill their intended roles but how does it have a double standard what made china prove that The International Criminal Court ICC has faced criticism for not issuing arrest warrants against Israeli officials and commanders, despite allegations of war crimes. The ICC is supposed to provide an alternative to Israeli courts. Still, the absence of these warrants has raised concerns about its effectiveness in addressing the alleged violations in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. This lack of tangible action has led to accusations of bias and a perceived double standard within the ICC. The ICC is an important organization that aims to hold individuals accountable for serious crimes, like war crimes and atrocities. When a country's legal system may be unable or unwilling to prosecute such crimes, the ICC ensures justice is served. However, recent events in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict have brought the effectiveness of the ICC into question. The ICC's failure to issue arrest warrants against Israeli officials and commanders, despite serious allegations of war crimes became an issue for the ICC. This lack of decisive action has left many wondering if the ICC fulfills its role as an impartial and effective international institution. The absence of arrest warrants in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has fueled accusations of bias within the ICC. Critics argue that the court may apply different standards to different situations, raising concerns about a possible double standard. This perception of inconsistency can undermine the credibility of the ICC and its ability to address allegations of war crimes impartially. The lack of tangible actions against Israeli authorities can have significant implications for the resolution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Without accountability, there may be challenges in achieving justice and fostering a lasting peace. The perceived hesitation of the ICC to take action against Israeli officials also raises questions about the court's role in promoting fairness and accountability on the global stage three palestinian rights groups have taken a significant step by filing a lawsuit with the icc urging the court to investigate israel for apartheid and genocide this move highlights the gravity of the allegations against israel and places the icc in a position where it must carefully consider its response the lawsuit introduces a critical test for the icc's commitment to impartiality and its ability to address complex geopolitical conflicts but does this mean the icc only supports the west or has it just been biased in the Israel-Hamas conflict? Before we continue further, tell us, are you enjoying the video? If yes, critics argue that the ICC appears to lean towards a Western narrative, citing a notable contrast in its approach to conflicts involving Israel and Russia. While the ICC has ruled against Russian President Vladimir Putin for war crimes in Ukraine, it has not taken a similar stance on Israel, raising questions about the court's independence and commitment to justice. Some critics claim that the ICC's decisions are influenced by Western perspectives, suggesting that the court may be following the cues of Western nations. The contrast in the ICC's response to Israel and Russia's actions in Ukraine has fueled suspicions that the court might not be acting impartially, but rather aligning itself with the interests of Western powers. In the case of Israel and Palestine, the ICC has not issued any rulings or statements against Israel despite allegations of war crimes, However, in the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, the ICC has taken a stand against Russian President Vladimir Putin for war crimes. This stark difference in approach has led some to question whether the ICC is truly pursuing justice or being swayed by political influences. The bias in the ICC's decisions has significant implications for the pursuit of justice on a global scale. If political considerations influence the ICC, It undermines its credibility as an impartial international institution. The lack of consistent action in different conflict situations raises concerns about the court's ability to address alleged war crimes without succumbing to external pressures. In response to these concerns, there are calls for the ICC to demonstrate impartiality and independence in its decision-making process. Critics argue that political alliances should not sway justice, and the ICC must uphold its commitment to fairness and equality in addressing war crimes. The aftermath of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the investigation into the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has brought to light varying levels of support from Western nations. While over 40 states expressed support for the ICC's prosecutor in the aftermath of the Ukraine conflict, Western support for the investigation into the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has been more cautious, raising questions about the ICC's independence and its ability to navigate global conflicts impartially. The invasion of ukraine by russia triggered a significant international response with more than 40 states expressing support for the icc's prosecutor the global community rallied behind the icc in its efforts to investigate and address potential war crimes committed during the conflict this widespread support indicated a collective commitment to holding those responsible for crimes accountable and seeking justice in contrast to the robust support following the ukraine conflict Western backing for the ICC's investigation into the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has been more hesitant. This contrast in support levels has drawn attention to potential disparities in the ICC's treatment of conflicts. It has raised concerns about the influence of political considerations in its decision-making process. Western nations' varying levels of support have sparked debates about the ICC's ability to operate independently and impartially. Critics argue that the ICC's response to conflicts may be influenced by political considerations, leading to perceived disparities in its treatment of cases. The contrast in Western support for investigations into Ukraine and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict highlights the need for the ICC to address concerns about its ability to navigate global conflicts without succumbing to external pressures. The question of political influences on the ICC has become a focal point of discussions surrounding its effectiveness and credibility. The cautious approach of some Western nations in supporting the investigation into the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has led to speculation about the role of geopolitical considerations in shaping the ICC's decisions. This raises important questions about the court's independence and capacity to act as a fair and impartial judge in pursuing justice. The international forums are based And when the West dominates the Israel Hamas in shaping the ICC's decisions, this raises important questions about the court's independence and capacity to act as a fair and impartial judge in pursuing justice. It is clear that China was right when it said that the international forms are based, and when the West dominates the
6: into a princess, and they ain't even gave him a chance to be a prince yet. They sick agenda telling you to let him clip his member. He can't even pick his bedtime, but he could pick his gender. Uh, they say that I ain't woke. I
11: say they ignorant.
6: they ignorant. See, I remember how the pilgrims did the Indians. <laughs> they remember, finished. they ain't just attacked them, they befriended them, gave them blankets full of diseases and ended them. Outrage, footage leaking every other week or two, so you don't see the blankets they sneaking you. Uh, they ain't gotta squeeze at you, they feminizing your male. And leading you into a lifestyle that won't allow you to reproduce. Uh, One black light gone, they'll march in the street with you. they hand you a blanket to say a portion is free for you. Uh, How else you gonna get ex slaves to agree with you? Uh, to kill themselves? say you've given them the freedom to. It. Let's wake them up. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> All chilling the wine. I stay tuned to the Faye Podcast, it's the hottest message out there. When I chilling, I'm always tuned in to Faye. You know, the hottest podcast out there. Oh yes, very informative. Mm-hmm.
7: home
6: chilling. I'm always tuned in for Faze. We have the hottest podcast out here. When well, I'm home chilling the world, I stay tuned to the Faze podcast. It's the hottest message out there. Um just chilling or my car just driving around, I always using the phase to keep it real. This
4: thing was real. And that's one of the hottest podcasts around. I definitely suggest it.
2: Check them out.